Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon. This is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to the Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed number nine of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional in 2021. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn as one of 15 innovative sales influencers to follow in 2021. Welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, Leslie Greenwood. Hey, Janice. So nice to be here. Thank you. It's lovely to have you on. I know we've got so much to talk about. There's lots of changes um, in your life and, you know, the your consultancy business is really going guns. But I really want to talk about your passion, which is customer success. Tell me more about, you know, how all of that started and what is your kind of special um, take on why customer success is so important today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, I think I probably was doing customer success before customer success was a thing. Um, So I've always been client facing, whether that was my own business or other people's business, um, always making relationships, um, which was, I think, something is like my special sauce. And, um, you know, today in today's market, you know, customer success is everything. It's how do you keep your people? um, How do you grow them, hopefully? And, um, you know, those things that you've the relationships that you've made previously are going to either help you or hinder you with your customers right now. So how do you make sure the relationships you, you um, create, you maintain and you nurture them? How do you make sure that they say your network is your net worth? But mm-hmm. how do you make that happen? Because there's lots of people that will connect with you on LinkedIn, but it goes nowhere. What makes you such a great connector? What is it that you do that people can really learn from? I think one thing is like, I genuinely go into every conversation super curious. You know, I want to know about you. I want to know, like we were talking earlier about your niece visiting. Like there's there's things that people either give you in a conversation and that's even customers you know, you hear the baby in the background or hear the dog barking, or you see the pictures in the background and you pick up on those cues um, that are not just verbal, but nonverbal and things in their surroundings. And you, you try to make a connection to them with that, but it's a genuine connection out of curiosity. And so I think that's one of the things that I'm uh, very attuned to is really trying to figure out how to know the person, because I want to be top of mind when something comes their way that I might be able to help with, or there might be an opportunity. And you did an amazing job um, through Pavilion doing that ver- that very thing. And I know that you've now moved on. You run your own consultancy business. So, so tell me, um, how do you support your clients in in your business now? Mm-hmm. All of ours are very one to one relationships. So, my consulting business is around community. Um, it works a lot with people building community, and a lot of them are earlier stage um, founders. And so what we're doing is, I mean, we are hand in hand working lockstep in a partnership to do this. Um, That's where also customer success comes on because a really early stage uh, startup doesn't have a customer success department just quite yet, or if they do, it's very limited. So building community in a, in a company like that allows you to um, touch more customers with less, you know, with, with less resources. 
it's interesting that I uh, I work on an, an accelerator program, so lots of tech startups that you know they've they've had seed funding, they're going to for Series A, and they're really looking at how they can scale up from from proving having proof of of product, and they're often focused on sales, getting a sales team, and getting someone to really do this. And completely forget about customer success. So, you know, the analogy of a leaky bucket. What do you do working with um, these these early stage companies to ensure that there is that that balance? But so they're not just acquiring and leaking. Mm-hmm. You know, when I talk to those founders, I'm, we're really talking about defining a point of view on how they're going to treat their customer from the beginning. Um, so we're going to start right after the sale and we're going to talk about like, what is the experience of being your customer feel like, what does it look like? And whether that's in, um, through a community or whether that's through just like the way that you interact, um, you know, we really want to define that upfront. Otherwise, like you said, you're way behind when you need customer success. When you finally say that out loud as a founder, you're probably behind. And so even if, you know, I don't work with someone, I really want them to think about that as they're making their sales, what I want this to look like, what I want to feel like, um, et cetera, because it's, it's really important. I love the way you put that because I do talk a lot about customer experience and uh, getting people to focus on, on the, the buyer experience, because unless you have a great buyer experience, you're not going to get into a customer experience. They won't remain as your customer. And I know that you have a, you know, real view and value add on this in terms of, you know, referrals and how the customer experience, how that kind of helps your whole kind of pipeline. So tell me more about that. Yeah. I mean, I think the way, like you said, the experience of your early customers, especially if you're a founder, your first people that have kind of crossed the chasm with you and that are your early adopters, they're the prime people that you should be spending time on creating evangelists. Those evangelists um, that will eventually refer people because they're connected to your brand, they're connected to your mission, they have experienced the great, um, your great product, um, and they'll tell others. Once they tell others and refer, Um, There's actually data that shows that people that get referred in actually refer four times more customers than someone who just came in off the street. So really amplifying those first customers, it's, it's like a flywheel. It's a, it's a, it builds itself over time. And so that's super important. And then uh, the customer experience, the evangelists, the testimonials, how does that how do you continue to maintain that as the company's growing we tend to lose sight of the those original customers and our methodology and our values because we're scaling so as we scale how can we really retain that essence mm-hmm. you know it's hard i mean it's definitely hard i've seen it in different places myself um i think that's where community comes in because you can do, it's a one to many. Okay. Yeah. So when you get going on your scaling, um, that is where it gets difficult. And I've seen that breakdown many times. The things that I would think about there is one is community. That's where you can bring in community because you can have a one to many. And then also not just that, but then you have the community members helping each other. And so that's one great way to leverage and scale. And that way you continually keep those first, you know, those first adopters, those first evangelists going 
and then you work on the next layer and the next layer. And, um, you know, if you do it right from the beginning, you should just be self-propagating at some point, you know, these people that will go out and sing your praises without you asking them to. So how do you structurally put that in place? So you've got your first level of, of people and they're, 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 how do you build the, the next layer of people so it becomes self-propagating? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're always looking. You're looking for those people. So, um, you know, first you're going to identify them and oftentimes they're hiding within your ecosystem. So they're somewhere there, um, they're on your platform or in your community and they log in twice a week, but they don't do anything. Um, so they're actually, you know, someone that's a lurker, but we can turn them into an evangelist. So we're always looking for places. So if you think about, um, you have a tracking system onto your software platform, you see, um, you know, your champion is in there every day. There's also one or two other users in there every day, but there are 10 that are not. So it's like, then how do you turn those people into your outside internal evangelists? So they're talking about your product and the benefits of it to their um, team members, which then starts making your product stickier because now you're getting more adoption. So it's like, you're just always looking for the places that you can find them, focusing some effort on them. Hopefully you have some customer marketing in place that you can do and you can segment, et cetera. Um, but yeah, that's definitely what I would recommend. I think you're absolutely right. I, I often find, um, someone will refer to something I said, I've forgotten about it. It's even it's months ago. We have an awful lot of stalkers on our platform, people that are silent, that are invisible, but they're watching what you're doing, what you're saying. And, you know, out of the blue, an offer may come, you know, for me to do a speaking engagement or to do a project. And I think, I where have you been? You've only just connected with me, but they've been watching and listening. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important that you're, you know, organizations and individuals are aware of the fact you are seeing people are seeing what you're doing so you know it better better be whatever you're doing is very much based on the values as you've just said thinking about what kind of experience you want your customers to have what kind of organizations not just internal experience but the customer experiences as well these are your core values and you've got to maintain them through everything that you do because people are watching and just waiting before they pounce on and hopefully offer you you know amazing things Mm-hmm. And another thing on that is the the values are, that's one of the things I'm talking to um, these founders and people, community builders is, you know, if, if they're just getting started, the first assignment I give them is mission, vision, and values. And how does that transfer to the community? Um, because like you said, they are all watching that. If they don't, if they're not watching it, they're feeling it. Mm-hmm. And again, those people are not always the ones that are feeling it. And maybe the most are not, not the ones raising their hand on every forum saying, Hey, hey, they're not the person that calls and support 10 days a week. Um, I guess that would be really hard, but you know, <laughs> a lot, um, you know, they're not often your loudest. And so those are the people that you can really focus on to, to help you out. So you say, ask great questions and listen with your eyes and your ears. What do you mean mm-hmm. by this? Yes. So, um, you know, when I'm on a Zoom call, like we said earlier, you know, I'm, I'm looking at your background, et cetera, but I'm also reading your energy. You know, it's like, are you, you know, if I'm on a call with multiple stakeholders, who's, is someone slumping? Is someone really paying attention and their eyes are open? Are they nodding? Are they smiling? Like you can still feel the vibe through a Zoom call. 
And um, so I'm always reading the room, so to speak, even the virtual room. And um, that allows you to kind of pick up on those cues, whether they're verbal or nonverbal, um, allows you to engage other members um, of the, the buying committee and saying, hey, oh, John, you know, what are your thoughts on that or, or something like that? So for me, it's super important. I actually have a really great um, app that I'm using that actually ranks that and tells me where people are nodding and smiling. I can go in and actually see what um, what was being said at that point. And that's super beneficial to me as well. Oh, that's interesting. What's the app called? Um, Sybil, S-Y-B-I-L-L dot A-I. Yeah. And it, it reads all the nonverbal sentiment. Mm. And um, I do absolutely rely on that too. Lovely, lovely. There's so many apps and tools that are really enablers, but we don't always kind of like access them. And it's really, really useful to find out what what people are using. Okay, Mm -hmm. I really want to talk to you about diversity in sales and how in business, really, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, how that may have progressed or not. Now, I know that you have excellent uh, insight and access to various organizations and thank you for recommending Kendrick Trotter to me and organizations I didn't know about that was amazing he does amazing work so give me your perspective on 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 diversity um I think we have a lot of talk about diversity right now but not necessarily a lot of action um you know when you look at companies I will go into a meeting or um, see people. And it's, I'm definitely not seeing what I would want to see. Um, that's why I am, you know, I, I, I love Kendrick. I love his company. Um, there's a new advisory group that I work with and it is all about, um, helping underestimated underrepresented founders have access to the capital and resources that, you know, other, other founders may already have connections to. And, um, you know, that's, that's the sole purpose of that group is to help more people get that access to capital that they need um, to launch their sales. I mean, I mean, I know you probably know, but you know, I'm part of a multiracial family and I want to see people that look like my husband and my two daughters and my son in sales. And I don't want them in the future to be the only person in the room. It's interesting because I can, I know that you see the world through their eyes. So you experience what they experience because you love them. They're close to you. And Many other people that don't have a a multiracial family or don't have um, access or experience with other, even it can be generations, uh, you know, age groups. It it doesn't, it's not just um, racial, but we're so used to being in an old boys network in so many environments and particularly in, in sales. And the thing is, you think that your world is the world where it's only when you start to experience the world through other people's eyes and see their hurt and the shame and, and the things that they're exposed to, do you have that awareness? So given that, you know, there are many networks that are still the old boy networks, how do you think we can start to break down the barriers and open up um, their perspectives to be more inclusive but also to accept that the world isn't that the, the way they view the world. What do you mm-hmm. think needs to be done? I think that's really hard. And something you said at the beginning of that, that I experience it through their perspective. And I'm going to say I have a small lens of their perspective, but I don't experience it the way they, what, what they experience. Mm. Um, 
that's still, even in my position, you know, I, I learn things every day and I make mistakes because that's the way, you know, I was brought up. So, um, yeah, it's so hard. It's a chicken and egg thing. You have to, I mean, I think it's holding people accountable that they are doing either they're doing blind interviews. They are, um, you know, really focusing on making sure that their company is represented all the way through the ranks. Um, we see that with women as well, where, you know, we, we are a lot of middle managers and directors and then in the VP and the C-suite, we just continually go down in numbers. Um, so I don't have a good answer for you. I wish I did. I wish I had all the answers, but I just. Well, well I think it's a problem that's uh, been created over centuries and it's not going to, you know, suddenly go away one great. And I don't think it's there is one answer, but I, I think it's useful getting different perspectives. 100%. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for for answering it from your perspective. I'd like to know more about Hatchet Ventures and why you got involved um, in this organization and the impact it's having on others. Yeah, um, I think earlier this year, maybe in August, um, Dalton Van Hatcher um, reached out to me and said, hey, I'm, you know, we're just incubating this idea. It's around um, helping founders um, get access to capital, specifically, you know, women um, people that are black, indigenous, or people of color, um, veterans, non-college graduates, first-generation college graduates. So it's 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 a very wide berth of people, or it's about sustainability. So um, you know, carbon neutralizing, um, redoing homes is one of the one of the hatchet things. So there's a group of us. There's about forty advisors. And the great thing about this one, one for me as an advisor, I'm actually have the opportunity to help um, ten to twelve you know, companies. And then the, um, the companies get access to not just one, they get access to five or six people that are in all different specialties. So we're able to like spread our knowledge, you know, further and give more support. Um, also people that have connections with VCs and getting them in front of the VCs that can fund them. Um, that's that those intros, those warm intros are really what's, what's helping. And then we do a lot of pitch deck review, um, et cetera. So really supporting them all the way through the journey and hoping that they'll have a fundable business at one day. Brilliant. Like I love that. As I say, I work with um, um, uh, in a, a program that's not really just focused on, it's focused in an area that's under, underrepresented in, in um, Palestine that's, you know, constantly in the war zone. And, and you know what, whenever I mentor uh, and work with um, disparate groups I learn as much as you know I think I, I I give I used to be a mentor for Sherry Blair Foundation and so for women all over the world that that um, uh, want access to um, skilled and expertise to help them grow their businesses so this accelerator program um, many of the, you know, they're in a war zone half, half the time with, uh, you know, very much a police state and, you know, the Internet goes down or there's blockages. So just kind of like the things that we don't have to deal with on a daily basis. And they're trying to grow an organization where, you know, the electricity may go or, or you know, they're in a um, whatever it may be. Um mm. I think we do really take our lives for for granted, and it's lovely when you work with other other organisations and the amount of 
entrepreneurial spirit i mean real spirit against the odds when you see mm. all of all of that it's it's really commendable um I so I, and I th- and I think large organizations having their employees kind of like mentor uh, um, these types of groups really is a bit of an eye opener, isn't it? There's and there's plenty of opportunity. There is yeah. more opportunity than people that are raising their hands. Yeah, 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 sure. definitely. Okay, so what one tried and tested strategy would you offer listeners to help them scale their sales? Hmm. I'm going to say if they can um, build, build a community, build a community either around your product or around an idea or a value, um, whether it's a private community or an open community. Um, you know, we all search for something. We're searching for a sense of connection. And, um, in today's world, people are getting that through, I mean, they're getting it through community and it's surprising where you can find that connection, um, through different types of community. I mean, I'm in five different communities now and I've made friends in four of them, Um, and for me, that's been super valuable. And, um, I just think it's a great way to scale service, to scale support, to scale content building. Um, and it's, I don't know, I just love all things community. So I can't, uh, you know, that's definitely the thing that I'm going to, that I'm going to say. Fantastic. So if you're on a desert Island on your own, what will be the one thing you take with you? You know, um, if I couldn't take my family, unless a family is one unit, but that's kind of, you know, boring, I would take uh, Trenta chocolate cream cold brew from Starbucks (laughs) and hopefully it would refill itself daily to keep me alive because I probably (laughs) might die without caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. A refillable Trenta. Fantastic. (laughs) It's yours. Okay. So how can listeners get hold of you? Sure. You can um, find me on LinkedIn. So it's just Leslie-Greenwood. Um, you can visit my website, thechiefevangelist.com. Um, and you can email me, Leslie at thechiefevangelist.com. Love Excellent. to hear from everybody. Thank you. Thank you for being a guest on Scale Your Sales oh. podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. I am so glad we finally got to this after two years, Janice. <laughs> it's been Well great. worth it. <laughs> yes, 100% thank you for listening to this week's episode of scale your sales podcast if you like this discussion feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the caption show on youtube and subscribe to future episodes i would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on itunes thank you